Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. On this episode of Full Rigor, Jennifer and I, and thanks to Jennifer for digging up this Full Rigor podcast episode. Well, the interesting thing about this is, hi, Karen, thanks for having me back, uh, is the gentleman you're going to hear from, he is a retired lieutenant with the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. He's a retired detective with the Homicide Division. Well, he's also a retired lieutenant, but he's also a friend, and every now and then we meet for breakfast just to catch up on how his life is and, you know, his kids and his grandkids and me and my kids, and... I don't know what started it, but one day we're sitting there and all of a sudden Fred starts telling me about this case of Yolanda. He said, well, you remember, don't you? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. It's from 1984. You were, you know. I was here. Yeah, I know, but you were young then. I was young and I didn't care about death and destruction, apparently. And you didn't tell me that Fred was so cute, so (laughs) let's get to retire. How do you like that, Freddie? (laughs) You're cute. Flattery will get you everywhere. Especially on podcasts. (laughs) You look really good. Oh, welcome. Fred DiLoretto. I have a face for for, uh, radio. (laughs) No, you don't. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, what are you doing now, Fred? Uh, (laughs) Actually, I have a flooring business with my brothers. Oh, really? Yes. They put my floors in my house. I see. And my, uh, did you do my window treatments, too, I I do believe? Yeah. I did. Okay, so it's a lot safer than being a Palm Beach County Sheriff's Deputy Homicide. these days, yes. Right? In in any line of work as far as law enforcement. Well, we really, wow. We really appreciate you sharing this story because you did some amazing detective work in this 1984 homicide because it just basically, I'm calling it the rosary murder because it was just bones found on a trash pile, which is just horrendous. And you determined, you somehow put connected all the dots that it was this little fifth grade girl who was taken from her school in West Palm Beach. How did you... Start from when the bones were found and and what you did. Who found the bones? Well, it was um, in July of 1984, and I was called uh, to the scene by a sergeant who indicated that a surveying company that was out doing some research in an open field and at one time old dump site in Jupiter um, for future development. They found what they believed to be human remains uh, on top of a old trash dump site and called the sheriff's office and our rope patrol units had responded secured what was obviously a scene crime scene and had us detectives and uh, crime scene units respond out there so you've got bones okay in 84 jennifer you know there's no dna because that's not 87 um and plus it was bones so how long do you know how long they had been there at that time no so, so what do you do, Freddie? I got to ask. Do you like collect the bones at that point, and then forensics takes it over, and then they feed you information, or walk us through the steps? That's the interesting thing. Back then, there was a little riff, uh, just to Ooh. to kind of. Oh, it gets even better. <laughs> yeah, I love it, it does. <laughs> um, the sheriff's office generally. Uh, when there's a homicide case and there's a body, they, they call the medical examiner to the right, scene. Right. Medical examiner comes and they remove the bones, if there are bones, or the body, and bring it to their office for autopsy and their investigation. Back then, in 1984, um, there were certain times when the medical examiner was not called. And this was one of those cases. And one of the reasons why is it was in the middle of the woods. We needed four-wheel drive vehicles just to get to the site. Um, Our 
crime scene detectives determined at the time that it would best be suited for them to take the remains and the evidence, bring it to the sheriff's office, and then subsequently to the medical examiner's office. They did that. And without having the medical examiner respond to the scene. Which would have been helpful. In their minds, yes. Uh, the, The medical examiners always feel that they should be on scene at any and all um, deaths related to a homicide or suspicious in nature. Well, they weren't. And again, this was bones that were left there for, at that time, an undetermined amount of time. So the medical examiner uh, and the sheriff's office at Al had a little conflict. Um, They were a little upset that they weren't called, albeit they gave us their interpretation of what they believed um, the the bones were as far as the age and and whatnot, the gender and and, uh, what they believed the length of time was that the bones were in fact there. So what'd you get? How old? Six to 12 and that they believed the uh, bones had been there approximately the body had been there approximately two to four years wow you know because they wouldn't have found it you know except for the surveyor they were way out there in nowhere land correct yeah they were they were at least a mile and a half two miles from residential areas uh that were had been there for a while so now it's all developed but back at the time yeah yeah, so now you got bones that have been there for Two to four years, Correct. so you know it's a one to twelve year old, maybe. Well, we, we they determined six to twelve, six to twelve, six to twelve, based upon the um, the, the skull, uh, the teeth, teeth, the clothing that was there, the shoes that were there that we right. didn't fact wow, still that was all still so there. How did you put the bones together with Yolanda Santos, who who was how old when she went missing? Ten, ten. Okay. Yes. Fits right in there. Uh, in the she, time frame. Yeah, she was in the time frame. But uh, when, when we got back to the sheriff's office after collecting all the evidence out there, the, the first thing you do is after you get the, the uh, age limitations that the medical examiner offers you, you then start looking into missing persons. And so we put out a teletype to a the tri-county area a and teletype, teletype. You isn't didn't that amazing tweet it. you didn't yeah you don't have you no don't social have social media back then no social media no and nothing was interconnected either was it no it oh, wasn't that's right wow. so we john put, walsh did that right so we put a teletype out to the tri-county indian river um martin county broward county and of course all the the uh the police departments municipal departments here in palm Beach county for any missing children female um, six to twelve, and I don't want to be, mm, you know, gross about it. But was hair still there? So you had a hair color. There was some hair. Yes. So you knew it was black hair, right? Dark. Dark hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was there was some hair, but again, at the time we weren't absolutely positive that that hair was in fact um, the victim's hair because oh. there was it was a trash dump. Right. So and it wasn't connected to the skull. It was oh, just around. Hair. Yes. And you also found a rosary, clothing. Yes. What else was mm-hmm. found there? Uh, shoes, um, tattered clothes. Okay. They weren't intact. Uh, the rosary was around what we believe 
where the neck area was, and um, and it was it was. Uh, so she might have been wearing it. Yes, oh. that's what was believed. Not carrying, but wearing. Okay. And uh, and we did have a an intact skull and intact dentures or not dentures but teeth. Sure. So we wow. had we had um, for purposes of identification we at least had the op- opportunity through dental work right. to determine who it might be so yes. you put out the teletype, teletype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as we all laugh about that one yeah. we put out the teletype we 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 found that at the time there was approximately 10 to 12 young girls in that uh, category wow, that's, a that's lot. sad isn't it yeah, yeah. that that fit the the description given by the medical examiner that fell within that that range. So you have to rule people out. Yes, or kind of center your attention on one, and then take that individual one, and uh, and and if you eliminate, then you go move on to the next. I see. But I was fixated. I was fixated on Yolanda. And and uh, where did that name come from? Who's who? West Palm Beach Police Department had the case uh, of Yolanda. She had been missing for a couple of years. She and what what drew me to her was a couple of things. One, the age. Um, And in reading the report from the West Palm Beach Police Department, she had uh, connections in the Jupiter area. She had um, other things that that. The clothing was close, but not exact. We didn't have the rosary part of it in their their investigation. But uh, there, there were a lot of things that just led me to believe it might have been her. And then I was kind of taken aback during the investigation into Yolanda because of the dental records that we had determined um, she had, supposedly. Why were you taken aback? Well, when we had a forensic dentist in Palm Beach County that was assigned to the case. And um, they sent over all the dental work to him. In our investigation, we learned that there was dental records for Yolanda in Chicago. So we were able to get the dental records from Chicago to compare to the skull that we had. Right. And it was determined that it was not Yolanda's dental records. Wait, and it wasn't the records in Chicago were not hers? No. The records in Chicago were for a Yolanda Santo. Okay. And they did not match with the dental records of our decedent and the, the skull that was found. So normally when you figure, okay, not they her. don't match, it's not her. I was still determined. And I think that's why this case has stuck with you to this day. There was something. There were a lot of things. There were a lot of things that that just didn't fit the the overall um, scenario there. So my research, I I learned that Yolanda and many of her family members had used um, government aid in getting some work done. And what had actually occurred was Yolanda's aunt in Chicago had a daughter and needed dental work. And she used Yolanda's name. To get the money to to for the dental work. It was her aunt's daughter, not Yolanda. Correct. Albeit, the records indicated that it was Yolanda that went to the dentist in Chicago. And it was 
quote Yolanda's uh, <laughs> records up there. And so obviously that didn't fit. And so they admitted that to me. If you weren't on the ball, this could have been a cold case. Well, it wasn't just me. It was a, you know, it was I a know, team but effort. But, but still. yeah, we, you know, just, we put our minds together. And, and, and one of the interesting facts here, and, um, and to go back a little bit specifically with the rift that the medical examiner had with the sheriff's office at the time, um, there was the, the medical examiner had, because of that rift, had made a mention to our people that we would be lucky, A, to identify mm -hmm. the bones and the decedent, let alone clear the case. Which you did. Eventually. And because there was a lot of um, publicity surrounding sure. the riff at that time, um, the sheriff's office determined that it would be best to just assign me the case <laughs> and, and gave me free reign. Okay. Um, of course, I had a supervisor that I, I had to, uh, to talk to and, and keep informed. Report to. But they, they gave me free reign to do what I needed to do, go where I needed to go, use who I needed to use in order to either solve this case or get to some conclusion. And, and at the same time, try to uh, keep things calm between politically between the sheriff's office and at the time the medical who was the sheriff office. at the time richard willie okay richard willie remember him yeah. now you brought up the Same aunt. all the time actually do you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you brought up the aunt her name is alicia and she is the person that you kind of connected the dots with with the chicago part of it yes and with didn't yolanda live with her at one point uh, yeah, for a little while she lived with her. She lived with another aunt, Teresa. Then, of course, her later on with her grandparents. So, so, so you find out who it is. It's Yolanda. Now, how do you go and find her killer? We had, in, in our investigation, we learned that um, during the time Yolanda was living in and around her aunt Teresa, along with the grandparents, and Teresa had a boyfriend. Um, who was uh, had troubles. Um, he was having relations with Teresa's children. Oh, dear. Two daughters, young. One was, I believe, 15, and the other younger than that. Oh, dear. Um, Why was he not in jail just for that? They removed the girls from the house. Oh, I know DCF that. Came in. And, and he... He'd been in and out of trouble often, this, this young man. And um, so during the time of the, uh, the Yolanda prior to her disappearance, the girls were taken from the home that he shared with Yolanda's aunt and, of course, the two girls. I thought it was Alicia. That's why I brought that up. It's mm -hmm. Teresa. It's the other aunt. Right. It's another Aunt Teresa. And... Um, that's the rosary. Yeah, 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 not the not the one that you know is going to be a saint. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> so the girls were removed. He was upset about that. There were times when sure, he would take even away his play things. Yeah, he would even go to where the girls were being fostered. <gasps> no, remove them from the homes. Oh my or god! Or snuck them out. Tried several times to, in fact, uh, get them out. When in some cases the foster parents heard 
the noises outside scared oh him away. Gosh. So it was obvious that that this person had a, a affinity towards young girls. That was one thing that, of course, brought kind of stick out attention yeah. to him. And I'm a little confused by his name because it's uh, the state versus Smiley, but uh, some of the articles say that it was Theodore Daryl Washington. Or Daryl Theodore Washington Smiley. Okay. So he's gone by several... Mr. Smiley. Several several names yeah. over his, his time. Yeah. Okay, so... So now you think it's him. So do you think it's him, or... I... I wanted to at least exclude him or eliminate him well, as a suspect. Well, it's interesting. She was last seen at school in the fifth grade, right? Yes, yes. At a school in West Palm Beach? Correct. Palm View Elementary. Palm View. Okay. Yes, elementary. And what were the circumstances of how she went missing? The, the day that she went missing from the school, someone, a black male, had walked into the school at around between 10, 1030 in the morning and claiming to be her uncle. And went to the school office, said that uh, he needed to see her, and they summoned her via the PA system from the class to respond to the office. The woman who was working in the school at the time had other children coming in, had to attend to them as well. So as she was dealing with the other kids and the other issues, after summoning Yolanda to the front office, she looked up. And the subject who said he was Yolanda's uncle was gone. Okay. And thought nothing more until end of day when it was determined that Yolanda was not <gasps> in class. Oh, dear. And oh never How horrible. Can you home. imagine? No, I so can't. So this individual, his name is uh, Marco Candidate. We don't know that for sure. We believe that. The, the Marco candidate, his name came up as an associate and friend of Daryl. And he has the same car. It's like a tan or. He was using. Okay. That fit <laughs> the, the district. Darryl's I know because car. this guy's yeah. never been charged with anything, right? But Correct. Smiley's blaming him. Yes. Basically. Yes. Okay. So you actually, you conducted a lie detector test on Marco candidate and he failed two questions specifically, right? Deceptive on, on yeah. all all questions concerning the, uh, and the disappearance just, and death of Yolanda. I'll just read him. What, number one, do you know for sure who killed Yolanda? Number two, did you kill Yolanda? Number three, did you plan with Daryl Smiley to pick Yolanda up from school? And four, did you go to Palm View School and leave with Yolanda? And you're saying he, he failed all four of those? Correct. His responses were deceptive on all of those. But you he, had, didn't have enough to do anything with him. Polygraph isn't... Uh, isn't used in court. It's not. You, you can use it as an investigative tool, right? But you can't keep that and, and bring it to court and use it as evidence. Well, then how were you able to go ahead and get Mr. Smiley? Well, during the the, the uh, investigation, naturally, it led us to to Daryl as far as being a prime suspect. Um, through his through his uh, involvement with the family, Daryl at the time was in jail. He was in prison. And I flew to the prison. Where was, was it? Was it Louisiana? Is that where it no, was? No, no, no. Here in, in Florida. Oh, was it? Mariana, Florida. Um, and and uh, well, I'm going to read you his rap sheet while you look for where he was in prison. Kidnapping. 
Oh, great. Murder. Oh, lovely gentleman. Escape. He escaped from a the prison? jail while he was waiting for his trial, right? Yes, yes. from Palm Beach County Jail. <laughs> oh, wow, we had another. We also had an escape from Broward. It's amazing. Sexual battery, kidnap, assault, murder, burglary. Freddie, you were being nice. This guy's Felon a creep. in possession of a carry a concealed firearm, loitering, prowling. This guy's a real winner. Is he out of prison today? He served his time. He's out. So you're telling me this guy's out? Yeah. I believe he is. Yeah. I, I, I don't keep up with, with him or, oh my God. or his imagine? associate. No. His associate was never charged in this. Um, Although you believe, what was his name? Marco, Marco Candidate. Marco Candidate that he was part of the whole oh, absolutely. deal. Absolutely. My belief really? is, and 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 we'll, we can get into that a little further, a little later on in yeah, this. But because um, Daryl says it was Marco that strangled her. Correct. So okay, so let's go back. So Yolanda's taken from her school by this Marco candidate guy. We believe. We believe. We Allegedly. Believe that. Yeah, and and to to just give you a little history on how we believe he's specifically the one is there were two two kids that saw Yolanda leave, and they. Picked Marco candidate out of a photo lineup okay. as being the person who took her. Um, the woman who worked in the office had trouble with recollection. Oh, so you have children with a positive ID and the adult can't do it. So Correct. that negates now, now, and, the children. And, and the woman who worked in the front office, she she just she just had a little difficulty remembering because they deal with people every day and, right. and to remember specifically from two years prior who the person was she was having difficulty so we took it upon ourselves to forensically hypnotize her oh interesting really yes we sent her down to a to a, a forensic hypnotist down in Broward I had received a court order to have Marco candidate um, stand in a physical lineup at the uh, county jail and after we had the woman um, hypnotized to bring back memory. We had her come up and had him stand in the lineup. Now, this was essential. I mean, it was it was clear that we needed a positive identification from her to, yeah. I think, right. substantiate the solidify the case a little more um, against him as far as for the kidnapping, if you will, of, of Yolanda. And, of course, at that time, it was probably the fourth or fifth time I had contact with Marco and he had retained an attorney and so not only did we pick him up at his place of business through the court order but we notified his attorney so the attorney came to the physical lineup and and as did he forcibly and we put him in the lineup the, well she came up from Broward after her hypnotism Stood in front of the glass. We had Marco in the lineup, and she said, without doubt, she says, it's number three, which is where Marco was standing. Now, she's no longer hypnotized. She's She had been hypnotized. She had been hypnotized. Correct. To like she wasn't elicit, under hypnosis. She elicit the thought of who might, it might be, and then now she recognizes him. She said, yes, it's number three, but... Oh God. We couldn't muffle her. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. The next words out of her mouth was, but I can't be 100% oh. sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. So that and, and, of course, that, that was up. also in front of his attorney. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that kind of muddled, if you will, the, the, 
positive identification of him being the the uh, person taking her. Now, linking him to the actual homicide itself and the the crimes leading up to the homicide, all that was was indicated by and and information provided by Daryl, a co-defendant, if you will. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, the state attorney's office wouldn't, especially at that time, um, file charges based on the statement given by a co-defendant. And well, the, I could the, be. I mean, if it's you and I and we don't commit the crime and somebody thinks I was there and you say it's me and I wasn't even there or somebody that looks like me was there, I can understand why you wouldn't take the enough. testimony. Right. So you need, if you, you had need, a grudge against yeah, me, yeah, you'd right, bury me. Right. But at the same time, too, if you have additional information or you have additional um, evidence, if you will, <laughs> um, such as. For instance, Marco was at the time supposed to be in school. He was a he was actually a uh, um, student at Jupiter High School. Oh, oh I'm thinking kid. he's an old man. He, oh no, he's a young kid. oh no, he's he's young. He's young. He, he was 18 at the time. Um, he was a student at Jupiter High School, and during the incident itself, the time frame, I went to Jupiter High School, found that he did in fact come to school that morning, but he checked himself out just before Yolanda went missing and wasn't his, his next um, sighting wasn't until late in the afternoon. So, so he had the time frame. Yeah, we, we had him in that time frame and we had, we didn't have physical evidence. We had circumstantial. Right. And, and those, that matters. That's another part of the, you know, that's more circumstantial evidence in addition to the, the uh, testimony, the statements provided by, Daryl, the identifications provided by the two young students, as well as the identification, albeit not 100%, right. by the, uh, the, the clerk that worked in the school. So if he hadn't lawyered up, would he maybe have been put into custody? No. No? No, because it was a state attorney's office oh. that determined okay. whether he would be charged or not. Fast forward a little bit, if you will, after Daryl was charged um, and taken, Daryl had agreed to testify against Marco. The How old is Daryl? At the time, 24. Yeah. Okay, so he's not much older than the kid in But he's school. out, so he's in his 50s, 60s. He's like in our dating pool. Uh, <laughs> Great, thanks, Karen. <laughs> and you wonder why I'm single. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> you got people like that in the dating pool. Wonderful. <laughs> Put things in perspective there for me. Go, I'm right? gonna be single for the rest of my yeah, life. So you better, now. yeah. Jeez, thanks a lot. He likes young girls. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about now, but <laughs> but but uh, fast forward though. When when Daryl was charged, I had a good rapport going with Daryl. Um, and and you got to in some cases like that. You, as sick as this case was, if you if you work um, at keeping a good rapport with even the the bad guy, oh, you can get a lot more information. Absolutely. And right. in this case, I didn't want just him. I wanted Marco. Sure. I wanted him terribly bad. So keeping that rapport with him, 
he and I um, talked a number of times, and he agreed to plead if the state would allow guilty to the charge and would of then what murder turn rape of of the of the murder and the the uh, sexual battery and then would turn okay. around and in court testify against Marco and would also do so in front of a grand jury and he wanted a deal the deal would be a lessened sentence yeah instead of uh, the the first degree murder second degree murder and that's what was proposed and and that was proposed to the state based upon our conversation that I had with with Daryl and at the time it was going to work out everything was going to work so obviously you knew he did it because he's going to plead he admitted to doing it and he even after after the initial meeting with him when he was in prison and then subsequently court ordering him back to Palm Beach County um, to further our case with him and his associate because uh, we needed to, to solidify everything. So you can't just take a statement. Right. Um, going in reverse here, we when we took him back and had the court order to have him brought back to Palm Beach County to prove further that he was involved, um, he led us to the dump site. <gasps> wow. Oh and, so, and staying at the dump site, the family identified the rosary, right? Prior, yes. And so yeah. that's how you knew that. Well, we, when we when we literally said it was Yolanda and, and proved beyond a reasonable doubt that it was Yolanda, that's when I concentrated on who am I going to get right. to, to pin charges on. Did he ever admit to you that the aunt, Teresa, because the daughters that he was allegedly abusing were taken away. Did he ever admit to you that that pissed him off and that's why he went after Yolanda? I think he had an affinity towards Yolanda. I think he had an affinity towards young girls. And she was next on his list. And at the same time, he was also angered by the fact that his two younger uh, victims were removed from the household. Right. And, of course, he was blamed for for that i don't know if he was ever charged uh, um i of course it wasn't a case that i worked in right and that was within the this your homicide right and it was also in the city right of west palm beach and and whether charges were ever ever uh looked at you know prior to to dcf and all of them filing their their charges against the mom and and perhaps him i don't know well, hmm. we're speaking with retired Palm Beach County homicide detective Fred DiLoretto, and it's Jennifer Ross and Karen Curtis. And let's just kind of reset what happened in terms of the crime. Can you tell us what happened to Yolanda? She was 10. She was taken from her school in West Palm Beach in 1984, fifth grade. No, she was taken from her school in 1982. Oh, two. Excuse me. Yes. You're right. Two years earlier. What happened to her? What did they do to her? Oh, God. I don't even want to know. Well, just, I mean, what, was, what were the details la, la, la of the, the crime? <laughs> um, okay, so she was, she was removed from the school by a unknown black male, young, and ultimately found at the dump site. Now, what we learned from the statement provided by Daryl Smiley, the, uh, the, the arrested person in this case, was that he instructed his friend... Marco Candidate, to go to the school, say he's the uncle, 
and bring her up to Jupiter where he had a residence with family members up there. So Daryl loaned Marco his car. This is the tan or bronze one. Right, the tan car that he had. Um, And Marco went down, did as instructed, uh, went to the, the office, asked for her. Evidently, as I said earlier, ducked out of the office, met her as she was walking from the classroom to the office, and either persuaded, because we don't know, either persuaded her or literally took her to the car, drove her to Jupiter, and where the two of them brought her to the house where they were at. Um, She, according to Daryl, was taken to the back room where Marco and was trying to force himself on her. She was loud, and they had concerns that neighbors might overhear what was going on. Sick. They then took her from there and took her to the wooded area about a mile and a half back from the home oh, God. in the car, where, according to Daryl, uh, Marco, Daryl tried to, Tried to have sex with her. Unsuccessfully, though. Unsuccessfully, so he says. Yeah. Um, and then left the car, and Marco then went to the car to supposedly have sex with her. Um, and all he, Daryl said, was that there were screams and then silence. And he said he strangled her with a scarf? Correct. That That he had taken from the... The house that they were at in, okay. in Jupiter, and was part of the the scene. Ah, you found there, it, but it wasn't intact. Got it. It was it was just tattered. So then they decided to redress her, redress her, and and put yes. her on the dumps. And she still has the rosary around her neck. Correct. Yes. So, and that's when two years later, the survey guy finds the bones. Yes. Enter you. You put it all together. And what ended up happening to Daryl? I know he got 37 Darryl years. Daryl got 30 and a half years. 30 and a half. 30 and a half years is what he pled to. And the other guy? Nothing. Um, Nothing. He's, to my knowledge, still out here walking around. Not to say that during my, my career at the sheriff's office. You didn't office, look for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, did no. You? I, had, I, had, uh, <laughs> I had encountered him a number of times. Did you really? It was, it was funny. I was, I was promoted after this case um, that year. And so I was a road supervisor and then later on became a watch commander. And any time it was kind of funny in a sense that uh, I was in charge of the entire county as far as as a watch commander. And my radio, uh, I listened to all the channels. Sure. And if I was in the central part of Palm Beach County and my radio, I'd overhear occasionally someone... Um, doing a check to see if there were any warrants or any cases uh, concerning a Marco candidate. And if I heard that name, you I would, showed up. <laughs> oh, I would tell that deputy, hold him for a little yeah. bit. And I'd respond up there and, and we would have a short conversation. And, um, and, and there were a couple times after the fact that uh, after the case was, was disposed of and whatnot that some detective friends of mine would occasionally make contact with Marcos's either ex-girlfriends or current 
to see if perhaps there was any conversation that they had had. Good oh. idea. Some pillow talk, right? Yeah, concerning uh, Nothing, his huh? history. And at to date, at least when I retired, there, there wow. wasn't any. So finally, was there any repercussions for Palm View Elementary? Was it elementary? Yes. Uh, no, not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't today, know that, that'd be a different animal. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Today, and, and also, too, today, it wouldn't surprise me that a family would not at least bring civil charges sure. against someone like Marco right. for... Yeah. For, uh, you know... The, the threshold is lower. It's not yeah. It's yeah. not um, beyond a reasonable doubt. It, what is it? I forget what it is for civil. So. Yeah, it's, 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 a lot, it's a lot easier to prove than it yeah. is a murder case. <laughs> and if he had, if she'd shown up to the office and he was still in the office, one would hope that that secretary would have said, is this your uncle? Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But instead he walked out, so... Knowing. Well, so that right there is telling that he knew he was going to get caught. Right. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise... And I don't know if that caused any change of policies in the school system um if I, w- I would have to think that it would if that specifically wasn't the case that would would cause um change of policy if not it had to have some bearing yeah i think what changed the policy in schools was uh exes and former wives and and moms and dads going to pick up the kid that they're not supposed to have right. and they would be kidnapped mm-hmm. and i think it had to do with the mother went to a school and it wasn't in this state because it became a federal law went to the school picked up her kids and took off and kidnapped all the kids and she wasn't supposed to have contact with them right so it was something like that that got it changed yeah well that's crazy Thank you so much for sharing this case with us. I know that, you know, Yolanda kind of like you just that was one of the cases you just don't stop thinking about. Oh, right? Never, never. Right. Yeah. Still doesn't stop thinking about Marco Kennedy. I'm not yeah. going to stop thinking about this guy now. <laughs> I Thanks. Know. Every time if I run into a guy named Marco, I'm going to go, what's your last name? <laughs> <laughs> run quick. Yeah. But we really appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to find the standard of guilt for civil here. Uh, I know it's simple. Anyway. So did Smiley, do we know if Smiley came back here? I don't oh, know. Oh, preponderance of the evidence. That's, That's it. it, preponderance. It's, yeah, it's, well, instead of beyond a reasonable well, it's doubt. it's kind of like the O.J. case when they, yeah. when they sued him for... $33 million. Right. Yeah. You know, when the family, yeah, when the family sued him for wrongful death. Right. Sure. And and it's, again, it's it's something that, you know, if the, in this case here... Back then, you wouldn't have done it because it wasn't it wasn't common. But but these days, oh. they could turn around and and they could have said, okay, we, we're going to sue Marco for for wrongful death in the death of Yolanda. It just would, seem- and it would probably be proven based upon the circumstantial evidence that was provided and the statement provided by Daryl and the the witnesses that that he had a a play in the death of Yolanda. Right. These days. It, yeah. it just then seems, no. was Daryl, I would have been apoplectic, well, if I wasn't the one that killed her, and I'm doing the time, and well, he admitted to it, but if, you know, he raped but didn't kill, and the other guy did, and the other guy gets off, I'd be really upset. Did he express that to you? Uh, what, he, did he seem really upset about that? Or do you think he what, killed what her? Happened, do you again, think he, he was, killed her? I think he had involvement in it. I don't think, you know, whether he killed her or not, you know, he was still involved totally. Um, and, and as I said earlier, he was going to testify against right against Marco. And I don't know how, nor do I know why. Um, somebody in 
the the judicial system. Oh, they didn't want the deal. Pissed him off. Oh, and, oh, and he recanted. And he, so he, and he reneged on oh. what he was going to do. Got it. And and you know the, the, there are funny things because there there's an article in the Sun the, Sentinel. Uh, Sun Sentinel over what he did, pleading guilty to the case. And he blames Marco. Exactly. And and that's the only article out there, so that's the only information the public has about this case. Right. And, and you know, back then when I had gotten the court order to bring Marco in and um, to, to bring him in for the, the physical lineup, the judge who I had met with looked at me and said, why aren't you putting him in jail rather than just putting him in a physical lineup? Wow. Yeah, a murder suspect, right? Well, the facts were no different than than what I've relayed here. We had testimony. We had we had um, we had identifications by the two kids. We had the the uh, information provided by Daryl. By the Jupiter School. And we had the high, the high school um, information. And but but again, the policy of the state attorney's office, and I believe still is, and understandably, is that, you know, circumstantial evidence is not the only way we're going well, to, right. to, uh, is it allow. too late to get evidence on him? And because murder is, there's no statute. So like the Correct. scarf that you found there or the rosary, can that be tested for DNA or was in the elements too long for two years that there's nothing left? Not only is that probably, Oh, they destroyed the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they degrad- really? Degraded, oh. but but everything is the, the case is totally inactive. Now. I see, and um, so that's all it. the evidence has been been, to my knowledge. Yeah, so it says in the document yeah. you have here, it's destroyed. Right. Wow. Oh, okay. That's almost forty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, there's things. Uh, yes. well, the had, the had there not been an arrest, then of course this would have all. The vehicle though could be around somewhere. <laughs> Forty years later, why not? Jeez, you I see what they're driving around. We, we keep a we car checked, for five. I'm sure you did. We did because we found the vehicle. Yeah, and it had been vacuumed. Oh, and, and, okay. And yeah, they, it, it, see, you needed need need CSI on the scene. Yeah. That's what you need today because they'd solve the case in a half hour. Luminol. You need the luminol. <laughs> we had listen back did then. You? We had top notch. We had the and they still are, but but we had the best crime scene people that that money could buy back then. Wow, we really did. The, the sheriff's great. office had had great professional um, people and, and our crime scene techs were, were top notch. Our polygraphers were phenomenal. Um, and and uh, the, the entire staff, the, the, the sheriff's office, and it still is. Uh, you know, I, I still follow those guys. I, sure. I still, you know, Even though you're all. doing flooring and window treatments now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're all friends and, um, and, I, and I still keep in touch. But uh, the guys that I worked with back then were, were like, I mean, great guys to work with. Great, great group of guys and knew their stuff. Well, you're top notch and you know your stuff. And this is one of the best full rigor episodes I think we've ever done, Jen. Well, it's because he's in the studio. I know. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) no, it's just it's It's really cool to get into the local for us. You know, it's our backyard. It's when DNA and everything that we know as far as technology goes. And he still solved it, even though the medical examiner said you won't be able to do it. Oh, did you go back to that medical examiner, by the way, and go, nah, 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 nah. I I had a conversation (laughs) with with the good doctor um, afterwards, you know, when when it was, when I put put Daryl away and 
And uh, good. You know, he and I had a little conversation in the hallway. Now, keep in mind, yeah, You're I, on the I same would, team. Yeah, and and I didn't want to be a part of the rift, but it was. It was also good to do the the nani nani boo boo kind of thing. Yeah, because you don't want to rooting <laughs> against exactly you. You can't be rooting well, against yeah, and, me. Well, yeah, and you know at the same time too, you had f- future cases that you didn't want right. to to uh, have. That good doctor still alive? I don't know. Oh, uh, I, okay. I, I Doctor Benz, I don't think. I remember Doctor Benz, but Doctor Maricini really? yeah. was young, so. At the time, he was younger than me, so God, I hope he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's still yeah. around. Not necessarily. I don't think he's here. But um, and they were good doctors. Don't get me wrong; they were they were great doctors. But they they had um, their desires and their protocol that they wanted followed. And the sheriff wanted it. You didn't way. call him up to bring the bones back, so he's pissed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that well, wasn't my doing. Yeah. I I just followed the uh, well, the lead of those that were in charge with the evidence. Well, Jen, thank you for introducing us to the retired homicide detective, Fred DiLoretto. If you have any other cases that come up to mind, we'd love to have you back on because this was fun. We really appreciate you joining us on Full Rigor. Or introduce us to some of the other crime scene people. Yeah. And we can find out more cases. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. That wraps up Full Rigor. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.